Falcon, this is Christian. And this is Jordan. We're currently orbiting the gas giant of Endor, <laughs> and more specifically, the forest moon of Endor, where we see the wreckage of the Death Star, which mostly doesn't exist and is not a giant <laughs> visitable um, artifact that you can just boat no. to. At, at, at best, like some small fragments. fragments of metal hit the planet yeah. at best. If they, didn't, really burn, if they didn't burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah, they're, they're molten chunks is <laughs> yeah. what they are. Absolutely no evidence of uh, other than that. Uh, yeah, there's no super laser sitting in an ocean. <laughs> no intact uh, chambers or secret yes. hidden anything. Yeah. It's just the ruins of war. Yeah. Your eyes did not deceive you. <laughs> the ship blew up. <laughs> it actually did. Pretty much incinerate. This is why we flew here, is to yeah. confirm this fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, unlike other um, apocryphal accounts, let's say. <laughs> I like to call them heretical accounts, and they deserve to be purged. Well, this is our review of <laughs> the final installment of the original trilogy. Return of the Jedi. The final uh, canon story. <laughs> <laughs> the, everything else after this is just fan fiction. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm open to books of legends and things like that. I mean, in, in terms of film, film oh, representation. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. There are no movies after this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Also, spoiler alert. If you haven't, <laughs> if seen, you haven't <laughs> seen Return of the Jedi, why are you even listening to this podcast yeah. at this point? Yes. So, Christian... Um, guess we'll just do like our our uh, initial initial impressions feelings. thoughts um, fresh eyes watching watching this yeah. excellent film. like it's been a while since i've watched any of the og so yeah. this has been a really good excuse to just go back and revisit i'm on a try not to rewatch movies bent because i'm i'm only going to live so long and i, I want to watch i agree movies. i totally yeah. agree this is why i don't i almost never I've read reread one book in my life, and I don't think I'll ever reread. Reread another. Maybe there'd be one that I'm like, it's that so was good. You so do good. I gotta go do it again. But I'm not sure. And I think there's just something. The magic is lost a little bit when you go back. It's same with movies. I so find. I will argue in a lot of cases. This is kind of counter to how I feel, but I'm gonna argue it anyways. Um, there's also a lot of like hidden meeting meanings or like secret secret messages or stuff you didn't notice on the first go round. So I'm not gonna say I'm opposed to watching movies twice. It's only the fact that I will not live live long enough <laughs> to watch all the things on my to watch list. Yeah. Me so too, yeah. instead of rewatching something that I generally understand and I like, even if it's a great movie, except yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is the one <laughs> exception that I do an annual. Nice. Or semi-annual <laughs> run-through. But other than Lord of the Rings... Um, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen Lord of the Rings. Like dozens mul of times. Multiple times, yeah. yeah. Extended editions. I don't know if I've seen a, a dozen, but... Really? 
You don't do the annual pilgrimage? No, but I've seen it at least five times, maybe Which six. is probably more than most movies yeah. you've watched. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings is like in my top 10 favorite films. It's my all. number one favorite oh, film really? of all time. Yeah. 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 Well, I consider it one film because the, the complete story is just yeah. one. I don't know if I have a number one. I just kind of have a group of a like group of things you like. 10 or 15 yeah. that are just like, those are the greatest, the greatest movies. Films. Yeah. So where does Return of the Jedi fall on that list? It's probably on the outside, maybe just barely on the outside. It's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I think, like I said, I've said before, like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. I think it's in there. Um, I, when I was a kid, actually, I like I Return of the Jedi was actually my favorite. Really. Um, but as I kind of grow grew older and watched the movies again, I was like, yeah. no, Empire Strikes Back is definitely a better movie, and there's so many. But it's still it's still like a lot of people actually had Return of the Jedi in the OG trilogy as like their least favorite. Yeah, that's where it is for me. Is um, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it, it kind of flips between this and A New Hope. When I was again, when I was young, I think it's just because I appreciated more of the action in Return of the Jedi. But yeah. now that I'm older, I'm like A New Hope is like technically the better movie. I yeah, maybe technically. I I I still think I like a new hope is my least favorite of the OG. Really? Yeah. I it's not not that it's like It doesn't uh, mean it's bad. Yeah, it's just uh, of the I, three. I love a new hope, yeah. but it's it, it's uh that you know, it, I'll, I'll give my impressions of the film. Obviously, I really liked it. Um there were some weaknesses um you know, second death star eh, like a little unoriginal. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there were something, maybe that almost seemed kind of cheap, like like Leia in the bikini, like the sort of um, uh, uh, sexualizing of her. Not like that just seemed almost like they were trying to get more people to come to the theater. Right. You like, thought it was more a Hollywood move than... Like, I, I uh, thought it was, yeah, I thought it was more like a gimmick to to try and get, uh, because there wasn't any of that in the first two films. And then, and then the, all of now they have this like sultry looking pr- Princess Leia who's like, um, you know, in this bikini looking all sexy. And like, I think it, to me, it, it kind of was a, a bit of a Hollywood thing. Yeah. And I like, it feels to me like the executives told Carrie Luke, Fisher. Yeah. Well, no, they <laughs> well, told Lucas the, and then Carrie Fisher. Or yeah. The, yeah. Whoever the director was like, we need some more um, eye candy in this film, you know, maybe um, it doesn't feel so out of place when you see the other aliens also wearing it. It's just because you're a human, you recognize human. Yeah. Human no, it doesn't. Because really, technically, there's a topless alien female, right? Uh, yeah. Who's the singer? <laughs> uh, Sly Noodles, I think her name is. <laughs> Sly, Sly Noodles or something like that. Yeah. And uh, she's to- totally topless if you actually look. Yeah. But no, I it didn't. Not that it species, didn't so. not work for the story. They yeah. they did a good job of like integrating it into the story, but it just I, felt Hollywood. Yeah, too. yeah. It it did feel a little bit like. You know how there's like a lot of television shows where there's like the nudie scene is in the first episode to get everyone on board to get everyone on. And then there's like almost none after that. And then but that this is this is like a well. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, there are some exceptions Exceptions. to that to that. But there are like a lot of other shows where it's like the nude scene is in like the first episode and then they never do it again. And it's like it's it's kind of just like. Uh, it's a gimmick I, yeah uh and i think that's a clear thing that hollywood does but this is fun this i almost think they were kind of worried that like 
the fanfare was gonna uh fade away so they tried to do everything they could yeah right um yeah like over my overall impression without getting too in the weeds yet is uh it felt obviously they had a lot of loose ends ahead of time but it felt so i don't know if disjointed is the right word from like the beginning half and the second half um to me it's just like a total shift in tone and in feeling like it could almost be two different movies mm. um that kind of like from tattooing to Endor shift right. and you really start to see and this is this is credit to another reviewer um is that you start to see kind of like the silly moments pick up like moments where you're just like why did that that didn't need to be there yeah and that didn't really happen in the in empire or in a new hope and th- those like silly moments that you definitely start to see pick up in the prequels with characters like jar jar yeah you yeah. really start to see this stuff in return of the jedi yeah like with the ewoks and stuff yeah and like if you actually are looking for it like it, it actually comes up a lot more um everything from like the way boba fett dies and has that like scream to, like, right yeah they're like goofy moments that are like meant to make you laugh and like salacious scrum yeah exactly yeah. the whole musical number like <laughs> like when they did the the jizz band in uh, the cantina um yeah it was in the background it's iconic music but it made sense for yeah. it. but like to have like a zoom in on and have a whole musical number in the middle of a star wars film right like right that and I know that scene gets a lot of flack and I'm not even mad that it exists because on the flip side my argument would be like it does make the world feel like lived in yeah yeah right like of course they have their own music and their own entertainment and like um I was recently rewatching Indiana Jones too for another project but, okay <laughs> but there's a big musical number at the beginning of Temple of Doom okay I should have a point about Indiana Jones but we'll talk about it later okay yeah but yeah like they, they did have a big like musical number like movies I hate to say of that time. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to paint the eighties <laughs> as that time, but movies at the time did have those like moments that were kind of like, they, they, they came with the movie. Yeah. Like it was just kind of a standard thing that a lot of different studios did. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's just like an artifact that like watching it now, it kind of feels weird, but it wasn't yeah. that weird back then. Um, and then, yeah, there's just like a bunch of silly moments. Um, I'm just looking, trying to, I actually wrote notes down on paper, which I don't typically do. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, come to the <clears throat> 21st century Christian. <laughs> um, even like the whole battle, like, I don't want to jump ahead, but like the battle with the Ewoks, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of silly moments in that that are meant to make you laugh, but like, yeah, Chewie doing a Tarzan scream, like it just <laughs> like it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, again, this is, this was another thing when I was a kid, the Ewoks seem cool, but as I've grown up, I'm like, yeah, they're kind of lame. Yeah. Um, definitely the Ewoks are lame and watching it again, but I don't know if I felt like it was disjointed. Um, I actually like overall, I felt it, it was like a, a nice conclusion I almost maybe that that very last scene where they're like all dancing with the Ewoks and yeah. it, it's I it was a little cheesy. Uh, I wish it ended with a little more brevity, maybe like uh, it was kind of silly how it or just ended with um, I do Darth like Vader. the music for that, by the way, <laughs> that music is bumping, but go on. 
just ended with like Darth Vader's burning body or something like that, you know. Um, uh, there, there was actually an alternate ending that was written about this uh, that didn't end up. Um, didn't end shot. up. What's that? Yeah, Being it didn't. Shot. It didn't end up even get getting written in. But it was one where Han actually dies in the film, and yeah, and uh, and it's sort of like ends a kind of tragic, you know. Yeah. but it's like a. Uh overall a happy ending but you have that little tinge of sadness yeah yeah which i almost thought probably would have been a better ending you know if there was some kind of like yeah they did everything that happened like they won in the end the good guys won but it's still like not without a cost you know like it actually felt like it cost something yeah that's right um but overall like i do like the one thing i did really like about this film was it really felt like Luke Skywalker particularly came into his character. Yes. And they did a very good job with like his evolution from like the first film to the last film. This is my favorite version of Luke. Actually. Yeah. And this too, is where he's 100%, like yeah. actually a badass. Of, yeah. Like, a master. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, he's like, he's like a Jedi. And um, another, another funny uh, thing, another line that I actually found on YouTube, Yoda saying, uh, so they're, they're, there was that scene where Yoda and Luke are talking and Yo- and Yoda says like uh you were not ready but there's actually another line where Yoda says I I instructed Obi-Wan not to tell you that uh Darth Vader was your father because I didn't want you to go on a suicide mission <laughs> right and so he didn't say exactly that but that was like and just, I they cut that they cut that line out for some reason, but you can actually find the line on YouTube. Like, interesting, yeah the yeah. the the actual scene where and that actually would have done a much better job of explaining why Obi Wan because I think it wasn't actually written that um, Darth Vader was his father yet in the first film. Yeah, I think they they came up with that after the fact. Yeah. Yes, so. So uh, it would have done a much better job of like sort of filling that plot hole. Well, that kind of is explained though by Obi Wan instead directly his ghost talking to Luke and yes, it, yeah. and and that's where the fame is like a certain point of view line, which yeah. they do get <laughs> flack for. But I I don't think it's a I don't necessarily agree necessarily with that sentiment as a general <laughs> concept. But I do understand it and I do think it makes sense. Right. And it is kind of a sly way that you can actually like change a story a little bit yeah. by saying like, oh, well, from this character's vantage point yeah. or from like a metaphorical discussion of my friend, he was dead on, on Mustafar. Like, yeah, that's where he died as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Right. So I, I like that person. I think that's kind of clever. Yeah. Again, they could get Fair flat enough. for it. And I don't necessarily yeah. agree with it as a metaphysical concept or a truth fact statement. Yeah. But I, I think if they kept the Yoda line in and even cut out the certain point of view line, I think that would have been more coherent to me, like in terms of like the story than than just like, well, I did tell you the truth. <laughs> sort but, of. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, like I was saying, I think, uh, I think what made me really like the film was just like Luke's evolution and, and his coming into his own. And yeah. This. And that final lightsaber battle. Absolutely. Love. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. Like the emperor kind of like manipulating or trying to manipulate yeah. Luke all throughout the fight. Um, I, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we get there. We're kind of like jumping all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really love that initial lightsaber clash when like Luke 
flips around and like ignites his lightsaber to kill the emperor and like vader intercepts it it's just so cool but yeah yeah i i mean there's some other things i really like i i quite liked like the rancor um i thought that was like really cool uh if you look at some of the behind the scenes stuff of how they created it, it was like tough for them to do, but they like, they spent hours and hours like filming Rancor sock puppet <laughs> scenes. scenes. But I thought they're like, man, it, yeah, I wish they would go back to more of that, that kind of like in these, like in modern times, more to that, like real, very real looking um, animatronics yeah. and puppets and yeah. I mean, you could even augment it with CGI, but yeah. like if you just you know you went more to something that like looks really physical, I yeah. I think that would I think it's the same factors like the T Rexes in uh, Jurassic yeah, Park, right? Yeah. Like they feel substantial when it's like a big maw actually like crushing down on a vehicle, right? Yeah, you get that like real sen- the sense of realness to it. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, let's, I guess we're, let's talk about tattooing. Okay. Um, Kind of starting from the beginning here. Well, sort of the beginning. The real beginning is Vader warning that the Emperor is on his way. Right, yeah. Um, Cool scene. I always love this. Excellent scene. I yeah. love those wide shots yeah, where the oh, Imperials yeah. are all formed up. Like <laughs> So good. Yeah, they do it a few times and I love so, it when they do it. Yeah, that would actually be another thing I would almost say, the cinematography. I felt like the cinematography was actually like a little better in this film. Like there wasn't as much like where you felt like you're <clears throat> sorry, felt like you were on like uh, a play set, you know, like or you know, set There's of different the angles they play with. Yeah, it's it seemed like they did a lot more wider angles and and more u- using the environment and stuff to. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big film technical film junkie, so I'm, yeah, I don't really have an eye for that. But fair enough. I didn't I didn't find it one way or the other. <laughs> but if that's your observation, then it's good. Um yeah, good scene. Um and then we move to tattooing. Um where our first hero interactions are R2 and 3PO moving up to Jabba's Palace. Um any thoughts on um, like we don't have to do a scene by scene. Like some of them are just like <coughs> moving the story along. Again, it's like uh I did. I did like the the setup with Jabba the Hutt and including Jabba, making him a bigger part of the story and exploring his character more. Yeah, you know, going back to Tatooine again was it was kind of a repeat of the the first one. Same with the Death you have Star. This, you have the Death yeah, Star. You're like, yeah. it's kind of these repeat things that you kind of wish they could have gone to a different planet or something. Done something but, a little different. Yeah, like Jabba's Jabba's a crime lord who runs a section of space. His palace didn't have to be on. That, yeah, yeah. Although that does make sense, as Tatooine is his main base of yeah, control. Yeah. But you could have very easily had his palace be in orbit or be on another planet altogether, and he just yeah. sends his thugs to Tatooine all the time right like, yeah feel feel a little bit bigger um i do really like the aesthetics of jabba's palace um oh yeah it's it's anyone great. that knows the lore knows yeah. like even the building itself is actually like a formerly a monastery right yeah, yeah. we'll do a, a, a lore <laughs> discussion on that um but yeah like there's all these weird and interesting creatures in it you get again like kind of to say to your point about like tattooing Mos Eisley, like the cantina scene, like you get a lot of those vibes from Jabba's palace. You see like yeah. a whole mixture of different creatures and aliens. Um, definitely they leaned a lot heavier on Boba Fett's appearance in the later editions, kind of throw back to some of the other stuff, depending on the version that you watched. Yeah. 
Um, they inserted a lot more Boba Fett scenes for fan service after Boba Fett became this like cult character. Yeah. And it just feels so <clears throat> heavy handed now <laughs> where it's just like, okay, like now you just re- went back and reinserted this character cause he's cool now. Yeah. Even though you do do him dirty later on, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, but yeah, keep going. Um, uh, one interesting point though is droid torture. <laughs> like on the one hand it's cool like again you like Jabba is a bad guy yeah but then it raises so many ethical questions about droids <laughs> if they can feel pain so this is actually a funny thing I like we got like AI is like a big topic right now right yeah. like AI and robotics even yeah. um, like what if this is all AI ends up being like C-3PO's and R2-D2's like just like not the big sinister uh uh, um, um, Terrors. Uh, yeah, like dystopian, uh, gonna end humanity threat that we all think it is, and yeah. it's just gonna be R two D twos and C three POs. Because uh, I mean, they it's are a really advanced series. Yeah, like are they not AIs themselves? Like they don't say that, but yeah. to me, that they, they seem like an intelligence, and they even have like enough circuitry that they have like some sort of emotional feeling. So you know. Or is it all pre-scripted? And, but that's the funny thing. Yeah. Is because like no one gets mad at you if you abuse Siri, right? You yeah. can yell and scream at Siri. You can throw your phone across the room and no one feels emotionally yeah. attached. But if you put your phone in the blender and it was screaming and acting like it was being tortured, like right, yeah. why yeah. would you program it to act like that? Or is it actually feeling things yeah. and you're a psychopath? Or was it this? able to program itself to do that? Or, or yeah, to learn and actually yeah. have consciousness. Yeah. But just a, it was a funny thought that I had when... <laughs> Yeah. 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 It it is interesting. Obviously, it was probably done for PG reasons. You can show droid torture and dismemberment, but it's a little bit harder for biological creatures. (laughs) Although you also get insights into how cruel Jabba is, like Ula, the dancing Twi'lek, like refusing Jabba's advances, and he feeds her to his rancor. Right. So you know he's a bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, we have this elaborate plan that Luke and his friends have concocted to try and rescue Han. The whole reason they're here is to to rescue Han where we kind of left him hanging from the last episode. Yeah. And like this whole tattooing sequence is all about just rescuing Han. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like like tying up the loose end of the last movie. And it it just takes up so much of the film is this is what I'm saying is like when you actually look at run times, it's same thing when where if like going back and watching a new hope and actually seeing the tracker that you can see now on 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 video cassette, you're not like timing the movie, but yeah. when you can see that bar and see how much of the movie has gone by, and like you're still on tattooing, still doing these things, and maybe maybe part of that is our modern sense of having to jump around too much and be doing too many things, yeah. which I absolutely hated about later star wars installments that do not exist <laughs> where they're just so frantic jump, jumping around right with yeah. no sense or or tying to place or anything like that <clears throat> yeah but maybe just overall we've become too desensitized to that but yeah just the amount of time investment to really at the end of the day all they do is rescue han like yeah. that is the whole java sequence yeah tied up summarized you know but it it also brought in like like i mean how many books and comic books and video games have been like drawn out of that scene sure of yeah that absolutely. whole the whole jabba's palace like every everything from jabba to the rancor 
to the crime syndicate to uh, every background the Sar- character the Sarlacc yeah. you know every like, background character you see in his throne room has yeah, now exactly. a backstory and a name <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a whole life and all these things like kind of the the sand barge you know like all these things reappear in other uh, stories yeah. you know so okay fair fair it does it I'm does not, give I, uh, it gives like a lot of uh, uh, material to work with sure if you yeah, will absolutely yeah. And I'm not necessarily faulting it. I'm just saying it's a, it's a consideration I hadn't had before. Yeah. That like now with with our modern way of viewing it, that is kind of like an observation. Yeah. Well, well, also an interesting thing about that because like after there's like the Dagobah scene and then they go to Endor, right? Uh, so like Endor isn't maybe I'm sure it is, but it's not really ever brought up that much outside of. Um, that movie no oh i mean there's a whole cartoon tv series that's based on oh really he walks yeah i do want to get around to reviewing it and i'm going to make you sit down and watch them all yeah i did watch uh that really bizarre ewok movie that came out in the 80s it was like a tv movie it was like an hour long was it a cartoon no no it was like live Live action. action yeah and it was like if I remember correctly, it was two like teenagers, a, a boy and a girl. Who, yeah, so that I think that show spawned the cartoon. Oh, is that right? Okay, I think so. yeah, they like crash on yeah, on. I, I haven't seen that live action. Thing. And they become like uh, uh, Ewoks. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> like live. It was Dances really the wolves yeah, the exactly. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Like they become native, right? Like yeah. They... I think that Ewok Endor push was like a real like that's where you want to see Hollywood interference. Like we need to sell merchandise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. Sorry. Um, because I have I have a, a lot to say about Ewoks. Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, go to your um, next point. Going to the Sarlacc pit, which is very obviously, again, depending on the version you're watching, you have that little beaky mouth and a lot more tentacles and stuff and just made a lot more live, which I actually like. Again, like for all Lucas's meddling and flack he gets, sometimes like that makes it more menacing than just a hole in the ground that people could accidentally fall into. Yeah. Um, the big sticking point for me here is obviously as a Mandalorian and <laughs> Boba Fett fan, his... <laughs> His unceremonious death. <laughs> now, on the one hand, again, this is like very retrospective. Boba Fett was always going to be like this B character. He was not meant to have the cult following that he has. <laughs> so his death, just being like tossed aside, does add this level of almost realism. Like in real life, yeah, yeah. You know, you could get, you could have the most unceremonious, even funny death in yeah. real life, which would be super tragic. But it's you don't also, get control you know, it. that's the profession he's in, so it's, it's bound dangerous. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, all that being said, he's such a cool character to toss away so meaninglessly right, and yeah. funnily, uh, just like make a joke of it. And it seems enough people felt that way that like <laughs> Boba Fett's resurrection has always had to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's happened both in Legends <laughs> and in Disney, yep. Disney canon now. Um, so that was always like the default sense of like, no, he didn't die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just, we, we will not accept yeah. this fate. Yeah. And well, his toy sold so much too. Like yeah. it, that was like one of their best selling toys. So like, how can you just let him, you can't. <laughs> you and can't not just, like that. Yeah. Um, one funny little observation too, is that like, ultimately he did die by gel jet pack malfunction, which is also what kills his father. Um, mm. Ultimately, yeah. Like we know, Mace Windu cuts off his head, but if you watch that scene in slow motion, and again, this fits. I think I mentioned this during our Attack of the Clones review. 
Yeah, with Django um, Fett here. Yeah, Django's regular fighting style is that he baits a Jedi close, shooting at him, and then he jumps away once they get into lightsaber range. He does that to Obi-Wan repeatedly yeah. on their fight on Kamino. But after he gets trampled by the uh, Reek, you can see his backpack, his jetpack sparking. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then again, when you watch in slow motion when Mace Windu's approaching him and he's just shooting at Windu, he ignites his jetpack at the last minute, but he doesn't go anywhere because it's broken and then he gets right. his head cut off. So it's like it's a very cool like mini little story arc that right. you would not yeah. notice, and so anyways, yeah, all that to say real, is like that's a really cool little uh, uh, Easter egg. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, but anyways, that's what gets his dad killed, and that's ultimately yeah. what gets him killed. Well, not even killed, just yeah. temporarily put out of action. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Beyond that, you know, our heroes kill Jabba. Leia herself kills Jabba. Yeah. Um, for all the abuse she has suffered at his hands, <laughs> yeah. which they're they don't necessarily specify, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't know how bad bad is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then they blow everything up in the end, um, take off on their skiff, yep. and our heroes escape. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of split up. Luke goes to Dagobah to say his goodbyes to Yoda, who, having the reaching the ripe old age of nine hundred passes away yeah. peacefully one of the few jedi that we seem seems for a pacifist religion yeah well maybe not pacifist but yeah for uh one it's, that uh, celebrates it's, uh, and it is sort of like the i guess you know yoda does say that luke won't be a jedi until he confronts his father but like it is sort of the passing of the baton that yeah now it's all in luke's luke hands. is the yeah yeah luke has to be successful or the jedi are completely are essentially done. extinct yeah, yeah. Although, and then we later realize that really tons of Jedi survived Order 66. Yeah. And the stakes aren't that high, but an unfortunate rewrite. Um, on that note, too, I guess something we kind of neglected to mention early on, too, is Luke. They give this, like, very ominous, like, yes, he appears very mature and stoic, even yeah. in Jabba's palace. But he's, like, all dressed in black and wearing a hood, and there's almost, like... And his, his, like, glove hand. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to, like, project this, like, villainous side to him, yeah, so where yeah. you're, like, not really sure if he's a hundred percent a good guy, which I know is yeah. like intentional. Yeah. And even his silhouette, baby face farm boy anymore. Yeah. He's, he's like a dark and imposing figure. Yeah. And like his silhouette, even when Jabba's palace door opens, when Luke arrives. Yeah. And like, he looks like Darth Vader, D- Darth Vader. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that's all very intentional to try and make you question whether or not Luke has some darkness in him still, or yeah. he might actually fall and be tempted. Um, right. That being said, even as a kid, I didn't really take that bait. I feel like I personally never thought that he would have fallen. I think where he really does get tested is in the Emperor's throne room. Yeah. And he yeah. even like breaks down a couple of, of times. There's also the question like Luke does strike at Palpatine. Right, exactly. And, like, and Vader protects Palpatine. Yeah, that's, right? that is actually a win for Palpatine. He got Luke. Yeah riled but, up enough or you could also interpret it this way is that vader knew if he killed palpatine he turned to the dark side and vader was already at that point like didn't want his son to die and was like trying to figure out a way a to way get, to, get him out of the situation yeah sure um <clears throat> i think palpatine knew well maybe didn't know but trusted that vader was there to protect him no matter what yeah so he obviously like because he wouldn't have let Luke strike him down. I think he was just baiting him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then did did 
he give in to the dark side then there. in that moment yes that exactly moment, that's my yeah. point like yeah. luke did even fail a couple of times in this challenge right and then ultimately overcome so you can see even yeah. in luke he wasn't perfect yeah he's he wasn't struggling he gary's too no if you will oh no absolutely not anyone who would say that is absolutely hasn't even watched the movies he actually makes mistakes yeah he gives in to his darker nature yeah. sometimes um he even loses yeah, he, he he even finally even during going back to Jabba that that whole scene like he like he doesn't perfectly execute the rescue plan. It seems yeah. like there's a lot of hiccups. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of hiccups, and he like he doesn't just uh uh even with the rancor he almost got killed by the rancor. Yeah. It was just like like it looked like a hard fought battle. Yeah, it wasn't like a, just an easy. Yeah, and I I will say even in the depictions of the Jedi in. Uh, the prequel trilogy, it does seem like those Jedi would have easily handled the Rancor. You know, like just it's it, the 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 use of the Force is so much more subtle in in um, this, with the exception of Palpatine's uh, Force lightning. Yeah, like I, I I don't know. It's not. It doesn't seem like something that they sort of rely on as much. You know, but no, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, true. Um. Another kind of observation going back to tattooing there, um, you do start to see Luke being more acrobatic. Yeah, like when yeah. he does even this whole like um, jump off the plank and right, like, yeah. flipping around. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah, you start to see him actually like you see them turn that up to like eleven in the prequels, but yeah, you yeah. Can <laughs> start to see where that's coming from. And he does like flips and stuff too in his last fight with Vader as well. Yeah, yeah. in the throne room, whereas like even the Empire lightsaber duel is a lot more static and a lot more like heavy blows and and movements. Um, but that's that's a side note. Yeah, uh, there is also something I wanted to add about the uh, just like the Luke becoming like Vader or becoming kind of like maybe giving into the dark side there's also like the allusion to like uh at the end of the last film when he gets like his robotic hand it's like he's literally turning into, into darth, vader. darth yeah. vader like yeah, with the not, robotics right it's like not, not a subtle yeah yeah interpretation and even yeah. like that's the part that he cuts off vader's hand and then he looks at his own right. hand and like yeah what am i becoming which again, he gives into his anger when he starts like wailing on Vader. Yeah, yeah. But he also he wins the fight using the dark side. Like he realizes like yeah the actual danger and power that he could theoretically have. Yeah, and he would he would have won that fight, right? Yeah. So yeah, I I think it was like a great sort of conclusion to both their characters, really, uh, to Vader's and and um and uh luke's and i think i think like we've probably made this observation before and a lot of i think maybe even lucas has said this like the whole story really is about anakin like yeah. it it's a anakin story arc and sort of luke is is actually a character to help him conclude his story his story yeah. yeah um it you know that's one definitely one way to look at it so um but yeah only because i'm a Darth vader fanboy that is yeah. the way i choose to look at it <laughs> There's a, I was actually listening to like a Dave Filoni interview yeah. <clears throat> and he was discussing like the final scene, the, that final fight scene. And sort of his take on it was like that um, Luke had to save <clears throat> Vader, but only, but also Vader had to save Luke from Palpatine. Right. And there was like, there was always that Lucas always had this idea that they would save each other, that they one couldn't survive without, without the, other. the other. And that was kind of like 
the sort of redemption arc that was that he kind of planned in them. But so that was just an interesting observation from Dave Filoni. Mm, that is like I mean, knowing Palpatine's plan, like Palpatine was gonna replace Vader with Luke, or yeah. Luke would die and Vader would just continue yeah, to be his lapdog. Yeah. For Palpatine, it was just a test of who's more powerful right. and who can I use next. Yeah. Right. Um so in a way, yes, like Vader is saving Luke from Palpatine more than anything, right? Yeah. So and even like his offer, again, going back to the Empire Strikes Back, he's gonna overthrow the Emperor with Luke at his side is the whole ploy that he's offering kind of Luke. Yeah. So but Again, I, that lights it's it is good. You see, we like even naturally draw to talking about it because that that ending that like that fight is really cool, and it there's it's not just a cool fight. There's a lot of story depth yeah. in, within the context of the fight. Yeah, there's like storytelling within. Well, yeah, the fight. exactly. It's yeah. not just two guys just clashing blades. It's like yeah. no, it's telling the story. Yeah. Um, but again, kind of backing up a little bit. Um, let's visit our other heroes. So while Luke has gone to Dagobah. Um, Han and Leia and the Rebellion in general are staging, discover the second Death Star, and they're now staging their assault um, to knock out the shield generator on the forest moon of Endor. Something to clarify, Endor is not a planet, it's a moon. Yeah. And, um, and they assemble a strike team, like a special forces strike team where Leia and Han... I guess have to have something to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is where we go off the rails, I think. This is Yeah, a little bit. I this guess. is the part. Like it could be a cool like special forces mission and stuff. Yeah. But it's all about the execution. And yeah. we have <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, like they all get bested by a bunch of Ewoks and yeah. <laughs> taken captive. And <laughs> yeah. So this is where I'm gonna go on my Ewok run. <laughs> okay. So <sighs> Ewoks were initially supposed to be Wookiees, and this was supposed to happen on Kashyyyk. And that would have made all of this a thousand times better. Man. Because Wookiees are actually intimidating. They're large, yeah. they're beastly, they're powerful. They actually could have overcome them, the stormtroopers, yeah. and it wouldn't be a joke. Yeah. And this, or this, even a Jedi. Right. Luke. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually a challenge. Yeah. And like, and the Wookiees are also well known to have been. Now I don't know where this lore piece came, but the Wookiees were well known to have been slaves and had had built a lot of the first Death Star as slaves. Right. Yeah. So you could tell a really powerful story about them being like really oppressed by the Empire instead of just like some fringe tribe right, that nobody yeah, even yeah. cares about. Like the missed opportunity. Right. Exactly. Like you could tell a really deep, powerful story. Yeah. And probably for marketing, they're like, nah, let's let's be cute with this. Um, and just a lost opportunity, which Lucas inevitably goes back in episode three and like he still wants to visit Kashyyyk and you do see warrior Wookiees and like in a cool fight. But I will say also like there. So I think Lucas's vision of Kashyyyk with the trees, the way he's written it, the way it's been written in other materials is yeah. the trees are bigger than anything we have on earth. Like, they yeah, are, they are absolutely. Yeah. Massive. We're talking skyscraper sized trees, yeah, right? We're like, bigger. Yeah. Like, like they blot out the skyline. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like uh, there, there's creatures at the bottom of the, of the forest that the haven't been lines. discovered yet. Yeah, right. Like exactly. that, that's it's like the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, like, exactly. So uh, dense. Like, it, like most Wookiees do not even live on the, yeah, they the live bottom. in the treetops. Yeah, they live all in the treetops, right? Like that's it's an entire society that's like in the treetops. And that might have been just 
you know, to actually fulfill Lucas's vision of what Kashik should be should look like. It's, yeah. You know, the redwood forests in California, <laughs> California. are great, but uh, they're just not going to Not even big it. enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, unless you just did some crazy, you know, it, you could do it now with special effects, but, yeah. like, maybe back then. It, it, and I know that the movie was already pushing it with the special effects. Like, they were already getting stretched to the limit. So, right. like, uh, probably to, it, it might have also been, like, just a... A pragmatic decision, decision as well as much as it was like a Marketing. merchandise yeah maybe to make more toys I, like we weren't in those conversations so yeah i never know that's just a theory i'm throwing yeah. out yeah because like i can easily write ways around that even right now i'm like well obviously the imperials clear cut a section and that's where the yeah, story yeah, takes yeah, place right yeah. like you can see the devastation the imperials are enacting and that gives little kids more reason to fight and yeah. i don't know like there's a million ways you could write it and so yeah we get the worst part of <laughs> yeah, of the Return it's of the true. Jedi. Yeah, and it is, is it is a missed opportunity yeah. for sure. And the, the, there are like cool moments even with the Ewoks. So like, I like a that we know that primitive cultures do exist. Yeah, yeah. in Star Wars, which is cool. It's like wow, that's like an uncontacted tribe. Like there's so much material you could pull out of this. Yeah, uh, I don't mind like the whole C three PO being seen as a god and like Luke cleverly using the Force to like make them believe that. Right, like yeah. these these Ewoks have never don't. They don't use technology. They're literally using bows and arrows and Stone Age technology, yeah. right? So again, like conceptually, those things are cool. Um, and there's a lot that you could have done with that, but it's just kind of like played for laughs and cuteness. Yeah, I, I also, again, like the whole like the Ewoks subduing these like professional killers and Jedis. Yeah, it's just especially the Jedi piece, right? Yeah. Like you played up Luke so much right up until this point and all of a sudden he's tied to a stick. Yeah, going to get burned alive. Right. Like, uh but the thing is, like, they could have even depicted the Ewoks a little different rather than, like, cute, cuddly for Like, babies. savage yeah. and, like... Yeah, like, make them more, make them look lean, like, have sharp teeth. Intimidating. Like, yeah. even if they're small, they can still be, Mess like, you up. very like, It's vicious. like getting attacked by a cat. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> there could have been different ways of, of doing it. But, again, they want to sell teddy bears and yeah. not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Violent little creatures. Yeah. Not, like, scary things Gremlins. that are going to give kids yeah. nightmares, right? Like... Um, one other kind of funny observation just between versions is the Ewok. I don't know if you noticed. I don't know what version you watched, but them blinking. Did you notice yep, that? Yep. Yeah, that wasn't in the original. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they even went back and they're like, nah, they need eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> well, I found that like very subtle and funny. Yeah. Um, I apparently, I can't remember where I read this, but they did, the initial Ewok costumes did have eyelids. Okay. And they just wouldn't work on set. So they're just like, <laughs> screw it, don't bother with it. Yeah. So okay. technically, this is actually the vision being right, right. realized. It yeah. just seems like such a petty, funny little <laughs> thing to like, no, go back in there and make them all blink. It's true. Yeah. Um, also, another kind of ridiculous thing I was thinking about um, was like completely white stormtroopers in the, jungle. in the jungle was a little. I don't mind. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not that picky on it. I, I think it... <coughs> Excuse me. I thought, like, you're protecting the, your most important asset in your entire empire. Yeah, and, you and you're, like, protecting with it with, like, a non-camouflage, easy so to see. my argument to that <coughs> would be they see the only... Like, they're in the remote middle of nowhere. Yeah. The only threat are these tiny little teddy bears. Yeah. And they probably never attacked them before. Right, exactly. So. so like 
what would you need to wear camouflage for if you don't think there's anyone even knows you're there? But there could be like yeah, sure, yeah. A a smart tactician would do a lot of different things differently. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, like there are other. I don't know. Maybe not in Star. Like obviously Hoth, it makes sense to be totally white, right? Like, and even on. (coughs) <coughs> on your spaceships where it's more like formal, like you, you sure. dress in like the formal white. I kind of like that. The I mean, like they don't, <coughs> sand troopers don't wear camouflage either. They wear white. It's just, they get dirty just from being around. Yeah. Um, I, uh, but I've always, it. that's always bugged me a little bit. Really? About, yeah. I, I, I like that they're always consistent. <coughs> it's almost like the space marine thing, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense but it's cool and it looks cool and it's an intimidation factor yeah, and like they I care guess. more about being proud than they do like i'm a stormtrooper what are you going to do to me right yeah now i'm going to undercut all of that right now by saying it makes the empire look so weak to get bested by ewoks yeah 100%. it just turns them again it goes back to that silly factor yeah like they they just turn into a joke and like stormtroopers get a bad rap now about like aiming and all that stuff but that could be explained away a little bit in a new hope storm snow troopers are intimidating and actually win a battle and empire empire is dark and heavy yeah i think it's return of the jedi that really marks the empire as a joke yeah and for good reason like again they get bested by these tiny stone age tribe like what is stormtrooper armor if it can't even protect you from a rock like you can make the argument like bulletproof armor doesn't necessarily like in real life doesn't necessarily you know you're not totally fine after getting shot but it saved your life and you could make that same argument with blasters you still get knocked unconscious but the armor saved your life but like if you're getting beaten by rocks why do you why do you even bother wearing it it's true it just undercuts so much it was yeah it was a little you had to kind of stretch the believability a little bit to to the just to the and again like as growing up like i was always like an empire fan i'm like this is just yeah so bad See, I, I didn't have that insight when I was young. Like yeah. when I first, the probably the first two or three times I watched the film. But I totally agree now. Like, yeah. And, and since I've watched it as a teenager and an adult, it's like a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's car- just kind of cartoonish. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, it reminds yeah. me of a scene in like Obi-Wan where the, the one girl is getting arrested. Like the Obi-Wan Disney TV series, which yeah. is absolute trash. And we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> But this woman is getting arrested and then she like slaps a stormtrooper in the head with her bare palm and he's wearing a helmet <laughs> yeah, and he like yeah. acts like he's all stunned. And I'm like, why are you even wearing a helmet at that point? Yeah. <laughs> like there's no, there's literally no, you, you are literally useless. Yeah. And and again, I think this movie is what gives, you know, you see all these jokes and memes and stuff. And I think this is the movie that gives them that reputation. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's terrible. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. They did a lot of damage. More damage than I think, like, oh, it'll be cute and we'll play it for laughs. It really did some major damage yeah. to the intimidation. It's like if if Darth Vader took off his helmet and he was wearing, like, clown makeup underneath. Yeah. Like, it just undoes so much. Yeah, 100%. But uh, anyways, I will I will get off this horse now. Yeah. I've said my piece. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, well, I, pretty, actually, what, I, I agree with, like, especially, yeah, the Endor thing. I do like that they chain at least went to like a new planet but it, it yeah it was like a poor execution and yeah definitely should have been wookies and uh definitely a whole lot of issues with it. so a, cu- a couple of things one i do get also the idea of what they were trying to tell we've talked about this before too like uh technologically lesser force fighting against the empire the idea of a primitive tribe existing alongside right. the other things in the galaxy that's cool um 
But even though the Wookiees aren't like they are advanced, but they're not like super advanced like yeah, the Empire. They, they like build into their trees and yeah. stuff and are more in tune with nature. They do yeah. have blasters and stuff, which again, like that's a little bit more of an even playing field. Right. Right. It's like, and again, not that I agree with these metaphors necessarily, but this is uh, admittedly what Lucas was after. Like, you know, you have like the Viet Cong against the U.S. Army. You have this yeah. like high tech war machine versus um, bunch of less, farmers. Yeah, yeah. less technologically <clears throat> advanced people with a fighting spirit. But again, that story is not being told through the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you could do something with that theme. That actually is like believable and effective, yeah, and not resort to what we what we got, which yeah. is absolutely it's definitely a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um. Really quick though, while we are here talking about the Rebel Strike Team, um, have you watched the Clone Wars animated series? Uh the f- first two seasons, okay. not the whole thing. We will get to that eventually <laughs> as well. But, um, Captain Rex now has made an appearance. So this is a, uh, this is kind of where we reach one of those crossroads about what's legends and what's canon. Yeah. Um, canonically now, Rex, there's an old guy with the Rebel Strike Team in that okay. party. Yeah. Um, you see him a couple of times. He's wearing Scout Trooper armor at one point. Like he's a rebel that dresses in Scout Trooper armor. Really, like you need to pause like still frames to see him. Okay. Or make note of him. Yeah. Um, and also when all the Rebel commandos are all like posted up and like bait the imperial officer out of the bunker you see him pretty prominently there um so that apparently is now captain rex uh, okay as an old clone who's like <clears throat> linked up with the rebellion and found his way to endor okay um that's kind of cool i'm not opposed to that it's obviously a rewrite like there's no they did not think that ahead obviously yeah. for anyone that was born after 2010 yeah um but it is just an observation that like because clone wars sits in this in between place um yeah you could it could go either way because this character does actually have again with the star wars (coughs) mentality of every background character having a name this character did exist he did have a name yeah but then that's just been rewritten now as as captain rex so cool observation kind of leave it up to the audience to decide if they want that to be rex or not but just an yeah it's kind of an artifact yeah Um, yeah, so we, I guess we've kind of covered like a lot of the, any more of the story elements, plot elements. You um, I think just quickly two quick points is the awesome space battle. Oh yeah. Excellent. That yeah. was, it was nice to see capital ships in action. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more of that. We get more of yeah. that in episode three where they're like broadsiding each other, which doesn't necessarily make sense. But it's a whole other discussion. It looks cool. Yeah. I wish we got more. But like the superstar destroyer crashing into the Death Star. Yeah. A great that's scene. a great scene. Yeah. Like all the fighters ripping around. That's always yeah. like classic Star Wars space battles are always like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a cool point to have Lando uh, piloting the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. cool. Like shout out to the fact that like, yes, he was the original owner. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I thought it was like a cool character moment for him. He comes into his own, like he's the main character of the space battle. Yeah, 100%. You have all these like battles happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, just bouncing between our heroes. Um, and then the other quick observation is obviously Vader's death and redemption. Yeah. Big part. Whole, like you said, like the whole point of all of Star Wars to some people like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, His, well, again version of the movie the version where he says no when his son is getting electrocuted 
Right. Have you, which version, did you watch that version? No, it was, uh, he didn't say that. Yeah. So they, there's a version where he says no. Like that scene where he's like looking back between the emperor, back to his son, back to to the emperor. And he's like, no, no. Yeah. Okay. That is such a terrible edit. (laughs) Like that just should not exist. That I'm, I'm like, that's a version I watched. And I'm like, when did this happen? And I had to go back and look into like when they added this in. Okay. And well, the one I watched was the special edition. This I think was because there's so many versions. I know they did re- redo. Some yeah. Like different. I think this is like one from the teens. Okay. 2010s. Oh, okay. Okay. And yeah. like <laughs> you get so much emotion. It's almost like the Mandalorian effect where like you can actually see emotion almost in, in Invader's helmet while yeah, he's looking yeah. back and forth, which is crazy to be yeah, able to Yeah, even just the way that. he tilts his head. Or right. Something. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's just undone by these stupid yeah. vocalizations <laughs> that should not exist. Um, whoever thought that was an idea is a terrible person. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool how Vader's the one that actually kills the Emperor. Um, yeah, yeah. Throws him into the jet reactor, which, of course, a physical body could not reconstitute itself after. Mm-hmm. That'd be a silly thing to do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and of course, because of the lightning, like it messes with all of Vader's life support systems, uh-huh. so he is dying. Yeah, a slow death. Um, probably asphyxiating in his own in his own helmet. Yeah. Um, and then we get the big face reveal, which you have hints of throughout the trilogy, but like up until this point, you have not seen Vader's face. Yeah, you've seen the scarred back of his head. You've only seen him in his armor, like as this intimidating figure, and this is where he is a human. Yeah. Um, and becomes a human and he is redeemed. Yeah. Um, and doesn't look anything like Hayden Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> the scarring, you wouldn't look like that either if you got dumped in lava. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it was like his last little dialogue with his son, I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I think it was a good scene. Yeah. It was a good way to kind of end it. Yeah. Um, and then you, again, you that, that humanization of him at the very end was cool. Yeah, and it was unexpected. And he he really looks like <clears> a, <throat> a like you've been intimidated by this figure all through this trilogy, and then he's right, really yeah. just like a, a kind of disarms you a little. Yeah, bit. exactly. Right, like weak, not in the sense of like oh he's a wimp, but like weak as in like he's this dying, sad old man. Yeah, but there's that like little hint of redemption, like yeah, you saved me. Yeah, um, yeah, which is really cool. And then. <clears throat> uh yeah, we kind of talked about this, but then it's party time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like the scene of Vader's pyre. Yeah. Um, that's a really cool, like, just visual. Which was filmed on uh, Lucas Ranch, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Or or Skywalker Ranch, rather. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then um, it's I do like the shots that are all across the galaxy because it doesn't feel so small. Yeah. All of a sudden, you see all these different <clears throat> worlds that have been liberated from the Empire, like celebrating. I think it's a cool little touch. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like that. Um, make just opens up the galaxy, makes everything bigger. Yeah, and it is it is cool to have that kind of like intimate. Again, whatever we say about the Ewoks, but it's an intimate party. Like you have this Rebel Strike team, and like some of the pilots come down. Yeah, like no one knows this. Imagine like a battle that toppled a regime happening and like nobody really knows yeah. that it happened they only know that the government got toppled but like the guys that actually did the dirty work have this like quiet little party together yeah. which is kind of cool like I like that I guess so. it's like <clears throat> unknown heroes like intimate scene of course later on we do know that everyone knows who these heroes are yeah. but, <laughs> but it's just like a cool moment I think I like it like it's not like a big award ceremony where 
that's nationally published on television and they're getting these big medals, almost kind of like the, the end of A New Hope. It's, right, again, yeah. it's like they're partying with the guys that helped them fight. Yes, the Ewoks, but, right. and again, the music, 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, and then you have that moment where Luke sees the ghosts of Obi-Wan and Yoda and now Anakin, and yeah, which Anakin, again, yeah. depending on the version you watch, <laughs> is either Hayden Christensen or uh, I forget the Anakin body actor. I don't remember. I know David Prowse did his body. And then there's a, another guy that did his like Sebastian Shaw. Okay. Yeah. You either have the Sebastian Shaw or the, or the Hayden Christensen version, which apparently they only digitally replaced his head. So it's still technically, <laughs> <laughs> technically uh, Sebastian Shaw's body. Funny. Um, and there's a whole debate about whether like <laughs> Vader would revert to his pre yeah, fall yeah, side. And yeah. I've heard actually a compelling, as much as I don't like the change, I've heard a compelling argument that technically Anakin died. Going to the light side? Well, like on Mustafar, like that's where Anakin kind of died. Right, right. So, so like, he reverted to like to his, Anakin. His Anakin form. But technically he also did get redeemed in his charred form. So like he would look like obviously an uncharred version of what yeah. he would have looked like <laughs> at that age that he died. There's a lot of technicalities when you talk about the theology of ghost force ghosts that I... What do you guys think? Send us in the comments. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah let us know if you are for it or against it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely my my thoughts was this is like twen- some 22, 23 years after Anakin... Yeah, uh, after episode turns into uh, uh, turns into Darth Vader, so he should look a lot older, but he yeah. doesn't, you know. So that was kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah, like my my <clears> instinctual <throat> response to it was like, this is an obvious ploy to tie yeah. it together. Yeah. that it doesn't huh. need to be there. Like, it's kind of cool to see Anakin what he would have looked like if he were like forty five. Right. Yeah, and didn't get charred up. Right, yeah. like that's a cool idea to explore. Well, they should do another special edition and just do Hayden Christensen but like now. Digitally. Yeah. You just put him right like how he looks right now. Then <laughs> then he'll actually look look appropriate for his Stop age. it. Just leave Star Wars they alone. Should, in fact, if, if, no, in fact, they should replace the death scene where Vader dies. They should and just repl- digitally replace it just with Hayden Christensen. Anakin, yeah. Just put Hayden Christensen. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars doesn't need any more digital re-edits. Re- and he'll be like, Luke, I hate sand. <laughs> Disney, please never hire this man. <laughs> yeah. But tell uh, us what your thoughts are. I'm curious. There's, there's, there's all kinds of arguments about what, uh, about what you, what what force ghost appearance oh. should have had. <clears throat> I mean, every other force ghost is how they died. Is how they died. It looks yeah. exactly how they died. So to me, that's what it should be. There's not no other extemporaneous Precedent. literature that tells us that they would revert to their like light side. Well, if you look in the Book of Jedi, verse two, chapter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I I kind I don't buy it. Um, uh, you know, like that. It's an interesting theory, but I think they should have made him look how he did when he died, personally. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah. And the the ultimate person who really got shafted in all this is David Prowse, who was the body of Darth Vader. Right. They didn't use his voice. They <laughs> promised to use his face, but then obviously swapped him out for Sebastian Shaw at the yeah. end. Um, I I should look up what David Prowse looks like. He's a big dude. He's a he was a well, bodybuilder. obviously he's a big guy, but he's both tall and a bodybuilder. Oh, okay. And they wanted that intimidating frame for Vader right, because yeah. it's a big intimidating like person, right? Yeah. 
which you don't actually see all that clearly through Darth Vader's suit because it's so dark and heavy. But I, I yeah, I do think because like the suit is so robotic, like his like his frame should look like his like actual physical body should yeah. look more like what Anakin's look like, like a little more uh, lanky, you know, and human. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't have looked like a bodybuilder. That was just his ro- robotic robotic form. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean. Also lugging around all that armor and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. He's only machined from like the elbow down, so his <laughs> biceps could be. Okay, let's uh, quickly cover a few um, behind the scenes stuff, and then we'll wrap this up. Yep. But uh, um, there's a few kind of interesting um, things that happen, kind of in pre-production, during production, post-production. One thing, what was the name of the uh, director? It was uh, Richard Mark Markand, right? Yeah. Um, so it's funny <laughs> because this was not Lucas's first choice for director. Yes. And um, he was probably his like fifth or sixth choice for director. No one else wanted to do it. Yeah, like <laughs> literally no one wanted I to do I think there's a rumor even of him wanting Spielberg to direct. So uh, I think that is verified that he wanted okay, Spielberg yeah. to direct. But there was some sort of weird, and actually Spielberg was apparently willing, but there was some sort of weird contract with Spielberg, other his other um, uh, studio, studio or, or something, or, yeah, where yeah. he wasn't allowed to work on this film because at the same time he was working on Raiders of the Lost Ark, and mm. uh, so I don't know, there was something something weird with that so there's like some so he wasn't even allowed to and i think him and lucas were like personal friends too yeah they are they're they're like uh um pretty well they worked on indiana jones together together. yeah Yeah. um but um so that was like his first choice and then you know he kind of went down the list and no one no one (laughs) no one wanted to take it and then ended up being uh david marcand and there's like a lot of stories about lucas being like basically directing the movie yeah. like kind of being on set quite a bit yeah. yeah uh <laughs> kind of looking over david marcan's shoulder um having a lot of input into the 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 direction of the film so yeah um Markand actually also has a cameo in the movie he's one of the atst pilots oh is he yeah. okay <laughs> nice yeah uh, apparently Markand also had an issue with um <clears throat> the I can't remember the C three PO actor I can't remember his name Daniel Davis Daniel something like, yeah, yeah Daniel something um apparently they didn't get along very well so there's kind of interesting dynamics there uh, a couple other interesting kind of behind the scenes stuff obviously like they were playing on the merchandising quite a bit like they they did want that to be a big part of like the uh film success was was uh, merchandising after mm. after the film was released um <clears throat> and that may have also played into Luke's appearance because they wanted to do a new toy for Luke so they wanted to have like a different look like a more darker looking Luke so that they could sell new toys basically right. so that that could have also gone into that decision just from like a step back to like star wars really changed the merchandising game for film oh yeah and i think this is where you see it going to full gear right where it's actually affecting creative choices yeah yeah like it was so successful with a new hope and i'm pressure back that they're now making the decisions yeah 
hundred uh, percent. And actually, Lucas was very sounds like he was very keen on that. Um, and that that was like a lot of his decisions too. Like he right. wanted to push that, and he had this whole like Star Wars fan club thing that yes. like people paid like ten dollars a month or something. Yeah, and they got all sorts of little exclusives. Uh, yeah, and, little perks from it. Yeah. But uh, that that was like a, that was a big thing. It, it's actually funny looking at this. Um, how again? I I think we said it before, but even though Lucas wasn't like the greatest director in the, ever to live, you know, he's he's not like a Martin Scorsese or even a Steven Spielberg. He's you know he's probably a level down from those guys, but he did do a lot of innovative stuff that was really pushed the boundary for film yeah. at during his time, and that and actually this movie. From what I was reading was actually the most special effects they had used, even more so than the previous two movies. Uh, and they really pushed the envelope with the special effects. And I think you could definitely tell with the, uh, especially the space battle uh, yeah. and, and like the Rancor. Yeah, oh yeah, I believe it. Like kind of thinking through all the scenes, you have like a mixture of like what looks like really early primitive CGI. At yeah, yeah. And like... Yeah, so uh, they they really pushed the, the, the special effects, but... Uh, they were they were also able to um, because of Industrial Light and Magic, Lucas's special effects company. They were actually able to keep the costs way lower than they would have if they just Outsourced contracted. It. A, yeah, yeah outs- so they were able to actually get a lot more bang for their buck, I guess, mm. uh, which kept the movie kind of in budget. Um, and then another um, kind of interesting um, tidbit is also they. Uh, Return of the Jedi actually changed theater systems, sound systems. Ah, uh, yeah, the THX. Yeah, THX. Yeah. Uh, so, like, because the initial uh, release of Return of the Jedi, the the sounds they they had like really gone all out with the score and and with all like a lot of different background noises and stuff that they wanted. Right. But it, it like the the theater system, sound systems at the time like couldn't handle it, and they didn't have like the Death proper reconfigured. Yeah, they didn't have the proper equalizations and and proper stereos at the right places. So so Lucas was actually able to get them to mostly Mod- ch- like modify and change, and they and he created THX uh, to actually do this to like work with theaters and on their sound right. So yeah. Um, and ever since then, they that like actually changed um, how theaters set up their sound system. So kind of mm. interesting, actually, like crazy impact. <laughs> yeah. Had. And again, like you were saying, like maybe a lot of fans are too critical with Lucas. And now in hindsight, we all have buyers of remorse. <laughs> um, with Disney, we we chased the creator away from his own yeah his own <laughs> creation. Um, but that being said, like you're totally right. Like for his faults, he's actually quite the talented and I, i'm gonna say director in the like the bigger sense of like not just what's on screen but like yeah. you said like special he's a visionary e- special effects yeah. and yeah. sound like things that we take for granted yeah um in all our movies today like and same with the innovator. prequel trilogy it was like the same story like yeah he, he pushed yeah. like all the maximum cgi yeah uh yeah like you know at that time it was it was like um uh uh, the Phantom Menace and like The Matrix had yeah. just come out, right? Like, and these were these films were like just like 
it kind of blew people away but in terms of how much <laughs> cgi was used like uh, the phantom menace really like really pushed the envelope on yeah. that um and you know it hasn't totally aged the greatest but yeah. like it again also flip side to that they also get undercredited for the amount of actual practical effects they also included along with that. Yeah. Is one thing I heard is they built tons of models even for episode one. Yeah. But it's so seamless now that you didn't even notice. Yeah. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. So yeah, just some kind of interesting thing. There's also another funny tidbit, is that um, <clears throat> um, when they were doing the film, they actually, they were actually uh had a pseudonym for the project yes it was like a some sort of like b horror film that yeah. they were calling it Blue uh, harvest yeah because they didn't want fans learning about where, where they're, they're shooting. shooting yeah and they also didn't want to get price gouged from sets that they wanted to go shoot at right. so like because if people knew it was star wars they were going to charge them like way more to, yeah to film at where you know on where, location yeah on these yeah. locations so yeah, kind of, kind of these uh, interesting little, which obviously is also the name that Family Guy uses for their Star Wars spoof is Blue Harvest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. actually, lots of movies do that. I don't know if that was a common practice back then. Yeah, I don't know. They either. always shoot under. I just learned now. about this. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, that's why Family Guy uses that. Like oh. the Family Guy Star Wars oh, spoofs okay. are called Blue Harvest oh, okay. because it's a play on like the nerds right. who, <laughs> okay. who already knew this, but yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, another uh, thing was the film originally was called Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and which is uh, obviously uh, interesting because we had Revenge of the Sith, uh, which was, I think, kind of an homage to the original name. But there was actually a marketing run right before the film was released and a bunch of posters were actually sold and i think maybe even a trailer or two yeah i've even seen like yeah because i always thought it was weird that they i've seen like revenge of the jedi posters and i'm like i thought it was like a knockoff no no it was like an original print run yeah they actually had a print run of it and um in george lucas's fan club uh he still had a few thousand of these posters and so he gave it to all the fan club subscribers, hmm. and uh, they have it. But it's like a collector's item. Yeah, because it's like now sort of a misprint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's kind of a cool collector's item. And if anyone has a copy and they yeah, want to donate it, it to the uh, <laughs> Star Wars podcast, you yeah. can always do that. So We have a whole ownership we need to plug with the poster. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, kind of on that same token, too, there's a trailer for Return of the Jedi. Um, before they did their finalized special effects. Yeah. And Luke has a blue lightsaber in it instead of yeah. his green one. Okay. So just a lo- another cool little artifact. Yeah, and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, also, just on the note of two of the Revenge of the Jedi, I am glad they didn't use that word. And Lucas made this point, like, that. that's not really... What Jedi are about. Yeah, <laughs> Je- Jedi aren't about vengeance and... Revenge of the Sith makes yeah. like a lot more sense, but re- yeah, ten out of ten, I agree. Yeah, uh, I think it was a, and, and Lucas like at the very last, it was actually like everyone around Lucas that was saying call it Revenge of the Jedi, and yeah. he was like the one who finally said no, no, we're calling it Return of the Jedi, and uh, I think that was like probably the right move, right creative decision. So, but anyways, uh, if you guys want to. Um, Follow us, have any more comments about this film, uh, or you want to 
talk to us about anything else, you can email us starlorespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. Just just look up Star Lores, you'll find us. If you Google Star Lores, you'll find one of our pages. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, you can support the show patreon.com forward slash star lords for three bucks a month and you will get uh, this episode forever. Uh, if not, this will be just a re- limited release uh, for, for people to listen to. All right. Peace.